If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, Germ Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. Uh, if uh, my background setting looks a little bit different, it's because I am not at home in my studio. I am a few hours flight away from Cape Town. I'm in South Africa's capital, Pretoria. I'm not actually in Pretoria. I'm a little bit outside of Pretoria on a little farm. Uh, I'll explain why in the in the coming days. Uh, but I'll I'll be here until at least in this setup until uh, tomorrow. I'll be back in my studio um, on Monday. The internet connection is a little bit uh, suspect where I am uh, since I am on a farm, but uh, hopefully things will will remain uh, somewhat smooth. I think Anoop and uh, Joel in the studio will will keep an eye on things. Uh, jump into the live chat just because of my suspicious internet connection i don't have the live chat open but i do have my email open so you can send me an email uh, and uh, if you want to go and listen to any of my previous shows go to my page on tnt's website uh, there are both video and audio versions available this is pretty awesome stuff uh, so even if you aren't able to uh, listen right now uh, you can do it after the fact i don't know if my guest has pitched up so I'm not sure what to do in the meantime. Should I just keep talking, Anoop? <laughs> and uh, and uh, ramble on a little bit. Uh, this tends to happen from time to time. Uh, the guest sometimes arrives late or forgets. Uh, it's the nature of live radio. It's one of those things. Uh, I'm supposed to be joined by my good friend, Farmer Angus, who is, uh, well, a farmer but he's more specifically a regenerative farmer and uh, now what's interesting about what what angus does is um, his style of agriculture is a little bit different to that of of what jim gale um, proposes which is permaculture that being said i have been to angus's farm because he is south african and he's got an incredible farm his style of farming is very very healthy indeed it's great for the soil it's great for the for the livestock, it's great for the vegetation. He farms quite a lot of stuff from uh, grapes to, uh, which is for wine, uh, to to beef, uh, to, to pork, to chickens and chicken eggs and a few other things. And he's got an incredible setup. Um, I, I wish I wish I could uh, show you, <laughs> but uh, you would have to go to his website. Uh, I think go to farmerangus.co.za. You can see some photos and videos there. I think. Um, and also his his personal worldview, his personal philosophy is, in my view, really, really good um, and healthy. Uh, you know, when you farm the way he does, things are a little bit more pricey. You know, the eggs that he produces would be more premium than what you would get uh, from. Well, firstly, his free range is really free range. Um, you know, he argues that free range is a con. And he's correct. He's correct. Uh, it's all about the size of the cage or the environment in which chickens live. Angus's chickens don't live in any cages at all. They are quite literally uh, free to do their own thing. And I am getting messages from uh, from the studio that uh, Angus has arrived, so I don't have to keep rambling on. <laughs> He's way more exciting than I am, so I'm so glad that he, that he is here. Uh, 
I was I was just about to say that his eggs um, are more premium, for example. But he he makes a very good point. You know how how much value do you place on your health? You know, if you want to eat uh, cheap, poor quality eggs, you might you might end up paying for that in the future um, in the form of other health risk factors. So I would I would much rather pay a bit more and um, and be happy that you know that, that I'm getting something of a of a of a higher quality. Uh, you know, water, for example, I'd much rather have spring water. I'll pay for it even instead of drinking <laughs> municipal water. I don't think anybody should be drinking municipal water anywhere. Uh, it's just not good quality at all, and it's got a whole bunch of other stuff in it, toxins, all kind of all kinds of rubbish. Uh, so, and uh, and his his beef is farmed really great also uh, i've i've seen how he moves his cattle around uh, they are not in one location for very long at all uh, they churn up the soil um, the grass they don't they don't get many injections if any and that's one of the things that he that he points out you know that antibiotics are a massive money maker for the pharmaceutical industry i think it's about 90 percent of all antibiotic uh, consumption is agriculture, not humans. It's the other way around. You know, the, the the pharmaceutical industry makes most of its antibiotic income from um, from agriculture, and uh, people make up a very small percent of that. Nevertheless, you should also be avoiding antibiotics where possible. I see Angus has arrived, so let me just quickly go to the sweeper. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare: The Battle of Ideas. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Angus, you started making me sweat there a little bit, buddy. Welcome to the trenches. What <laughs> exotic location are you in? Uh, people on the radio are not going to see this, but Germ's looking clean shaven. He's smiling even norm- more than he I'm not clean does. shaven. <laughs> well, maybe it's I've got, I've, I've got designer stubble. I've got designer stubble. Okay. okay, a little bit of salt in the pepper. <laughs> and I mean, a very, a very sort of... Yes. Yeah, you're up country under a thatch roof. Yes. I'm just outside Pretoria. I was explaining before you, uh, before you arrived that I'm on a little farm outside Pretoria. I won't get into the details. I'll tell you afterwards. But uh, yes, I am in a little African-type setup <laughs> with a thatch roof. <laughs> So for listeners who don't know where Pretoria is, it's it's a, a long way north from Cape Town. It's a very different part of Africa from the one German and I normally live in. Yeah, so we, you and I both live at right pretty much at the bottom tip. I mean, it's the, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And um, I mean, I don't think I'm biased. Just, you know, do an internet search. It always, always comes facts, up in, man. you know, the, some of the biased. most scenic, some of the most, hey? It's facts. You're not being biased. It's facts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's stunning. Where I'm right now, I'm sort of in the north of the country. It's not, it's not terribly exciting. I wouldn't recommend anybody <laughs> comes to Pretoria or Johannesburg. <laughs> you are, you are north of what's which called is the why Burevos. you. Are, yes, but by the way, you you said Burevos. Now a lot of people don't know what that is. We only we South Africans know what Burevos is. So Angus, bring out bring out your 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 farming uh, elegance. Now you put him on the spot. Okay, Burevors, the literal translation of Burevors is it's a farmer's sausage in Afrikaans. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> a farm of sausage. It sounds a bit crass. Yes, well, we're trying to ele elevate things here on TNT Radio, Germ, so let's not go to the obvious. <laughs> right, right. Let's keep it, and, let's keep and, it subtle. And, and, and being farmers, there are lots of different um, shapes and flavors of a farmer's sausage. Um, but And each farmer keeps his recipe very close to his chest. Um, and, and some get passed down via generations. Um, so as with all things sausage, though, most people are very nervous of sausage because it's yeah. the obvious thing. And I, I, I speak now as a man who's had a butchery for nearly 11 years. It is very easy to put things into sausage that people wouldn't normally consume, but it's very cheap to buy. So, mm. you know, the tragedy is in the food space, most people not eating what they think they're eating. They don't really know what they're eating. I've had, I've had sausage or the equivalent of burrovos in other countries, and it's not the same. And I don't know how to explain it to people who don't know what it is. How, I mean, what is the best way? It's, got, it's more spicy, hey? Great question. So, what, again, I'm not as well-traveled as you are, Jim. Um, but, but <laughs> the, the, the little bit that I have traveled, you're absolutely right. I, I've not found anything that's close to Budavos yet. The, 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 well, the first thing is that it is mostly beef and most of the sausages overseas are actually pork sausages. So it's a, it's mm -hmm. a beef sausage, Pr primarily Budavos is primarily beef. Look, there's a lot of other meats that they do add in. We actually make a pure beef Budavos. Um, and it's ground differently. So what do I mean by grounding? The Americans call it grinding. We call it mincing. It's, a, it's, it's where you take the chunks of meat. So, so the carcass hangs. You do what's called breaking of the carcass, where you take the different muscles apart of the carcass. And then you do what's called deboning, where you, 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 you break those meats up into smaller pieces and, and you know different cuts go to different things. And then you put in what's called a mincer, which then minces this. And depending on, on, on how fine the holes are in the mincing plate determines how fine the mince is that comes through. Now, most sausages have a very fine mince, mm. whereas bourrevors is quite a coarse mince. And then I guess one spice that is always in bourrevors is coriander. Of course, and your favorite black pepper. Yeah. But I was hoping we could avoid that topic. Um, the the, the well, I, well, all right, all right, we'll avoid it. <laughs> Jim, I don't know why you don't sell. Jim, your we can, we can't avoid that. I don't know why you don't sell Jim Lloyd. It's part of your merchandise. You should have a burger line. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have to cover this every single time we talk but i mean i was at your farm not too long ago you uh, i was i was being interviewed uh on a on a dutch podcast and by the way thank you for for your beautiful location um but once again i have to point out that your burgers are 90 percent there 90 percent. this is an extra 10 percent. you've got to just jump out the plane you know with that with the and, and pull the parachute <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, we will gladly make germ warfare burgers for you. 
crusted with the finest black pepper imaginable. <laughs> in fact, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll use the Nandi Project pepper. So I have to tell you about the Nandi Project, which in my view is the most exciting ag agricultural project in the world. It's on the Eastern Ghats in India. They've planted 50 million trees in the last five years. Wow. Just let that sink in. 50 million. 50 million trees. Not only that, they've taken 2,000 villages and empowered them to grow and look after these trees. So 15 million, one five of the five zero are coffee trees, all organic and biodynamic. The coffee tree is, uh, uh, there's a bigger, taller tree that's planted that, that shades out the coffee tree because coffee trees don't really like growing in full sunlight. And then black pepper is grown because it's a vine pepper. It grows around this tree that shades the coffee. And for every acre that the farmer agrees to plant coffee, uh, uh, pepper, and, and, and this, other, this other tree, they get given an acre's worth of mixed fruit and nut trees, 19 different varieties. So the, a man called Manoj Kumar is the driving force Gee. behind this project. It, it's absolutely amazing. The upliftment that he's done for on a scale is quite gargantuan. Um, anyway, so, so it's a long story from your germ black pepper encrusted burger. But if you do decide to do a germ burger, it would be a privilege for me to make it from my beef with Manoj's black pepper. The thing, Angus, um, I mean, yeah, we are being facetious and having a bit of, bit of a bit of a joke here. But I mean, your burgers are the best that I've had. And this, this is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. You put a burger on the fire and it shrinks. Yours don't. Yeah, so one of the things that we refuse to put in is a thing called uh, 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 phosphates um, and a thing called sodium metabisulfite. Uh, um, a lot of them are preservatives, but for the, what phosphates specifically do is a bo bo bond water to meat. So the temptation of selling water at meat prices is very high. Uh, the, mm. the industry most notorious for this is the chicken industry. It's supposed to be legislated in South Africa, and apparently in some countries it's, it's legislated against. However, most chicken producers inject what's called brine, B-R-I-N-E, into chicken. And, and the, the, the worst <laughs> I've heard is 120% brine. So in other words, if you buy 1.1 kilo, wow. yeah, 1.1 kilo of chicken, you're actually only getting 500 grams of chicken. I think if my math is correct. The rest mm. is water. And I mean, why when you, one of the, and, and then the other thing, of course, Jim, when, what are the, me, I mean, I don't know how much chicken you eat, but mm. when, when last did you buy a whole chicken? Cause as kids, the, one of the big things for us as kids was when we had chicken, there'd be a fight over who would get to break the drumsticks. I mean, sorry, the drumsticks, the wishbone, which is the yes. breastbone the chicken so so you you'd have to try and find the breastbone and then you know you have to use your little pinky finger and the other guy uses his pinky finger and and you know it's me and my brothers and we always have this fight over who gets to get the wish right because if you break the wishbone and the bigger part the little sternum thing comes off then you get to wish yeah. how many chicken again i don't know how much chicken you eat or whether you eat whole birds or you do portions but if you eat a whole bird by the time you get to the wishbone Okay, you will 
most of the time, the wishbone's already broken. Now, how does that happen? I'll tell you what happens. One of the injectors that injects brine into the breast aims in that area. And sometimes that injector will hit the wishbone and break it. Gee, I didn't know that. That's very rare for me You're, to tell you something. Really? No, you are super, super informed. But the tragedy is that most people who come to the food world aren't informed. That's so interesting, Angus. I didn't know that. That is really fascinating. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that from now on. Yeah, brown and chicken, my man. Sure. Okay. Farm Angus, don't go anywhere. Going to a quick break. My name is Jerm. This is TNT. TNT's Pervoy Morich. Trans women's milk as good as breast milk, says NHS Trust. Yesterday, drug-induced chest feeding liquid comparable to that from mothers when it comes to baby nourishment claims hospital. And NHS Trust has said that breast milk produced by men is as good for babies as that produced by mother who has given birth. I wonder if I should experiment with that the next time I have a kid. I really, I, 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 I have nothing, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we're just observing the insanity of clown world. Um, yeah. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk TNT. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7, your news talk giant, TNT. Angus, the meta conversation that's happening here, though, is actually about health. Um, you know, even if, even if you uh, don't understand the basics, what you should always understand is try to avoid any kind of commercial retailer, rather go closer to the source, in your case, the farmer. Uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously better because it's supporting the farmer. And I mean, farming is under attack globally now anyway. And, um, and secondly, uh, you probably going to end up with better quality um, food. Oh, Jim, the, the, there's a couple of forces at play here. The one is that the farmer uh, and the best data is out of America gets 14% of what the end consumer pays. So just ponder that for a while, that the farmer has Gee. taken risk. The farmer has to manage the animals. The farmer has to manage the weather. The farmer's had to go and borrow the money for the crops or you know whatever it is 
Um, we can talk at length about the stresses and strains that farmers are under, but he only gets 14% of what the end consumer pays. Similarly, another element that adds to this, the in prime, if you are doing primary production, let's say it's just chicken, and you get $2 a kilogram or whatever it is, as soon as you add value to that, so in other words, you produce a chicken nugget, for example, right? Assuming it's got chicken in it. But you you do a thing where it's breaded chicken and you've added this oil and 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 you process it, okay? You make 10 times more. But they're processing with highly inflammatory and highly addictive foods. And your friend Tim Noakes, the great Tim Noakes, can talk at length about that specific issue. But the reason what I the, mm. the reason why they do this, the stuff that add all these things in that Tim uh, warns against is because they can make margin from it. You can make a huge amount more margin from, from, from that. So, so, and then, and then, you know, we, we not in a world yet, but we will be. And I, I think you and I have spoken about this as a theme over time where people are not aware of and don't have the tools yet to buy for nutrient density. So there's a man in America called Dan Kittredge who's, who's setting out to change that, who's developing a bio-nutrient meter. So he's done lots of work on different vegetables and fruits and uh, apparently grass-fed beef, grain-fed beef. And the idea is that you can have a handheld device. You walk in the supermarket and you scan your, your product for nutrient density. So Jim, I have a question for you. In her work he's done on carrots, if the carrot with the least nutrients had a had a nutrient value of one, what do you think was the carrot that they found that had the highest nutrient? In other words, was it two? So with double the amount of nutrients? Was it five? So five times more nutrients? Was it ten? What, what's your what's your guess? I'll I'll go with double two. Okay, one hundred and fifty. No. 100%, Shana. Jim, this comes to the heart of what's going on on the land, is that there are farmers who are farming regeneratively, they're building their soils, the result is nutrient-dense food, and there are farmers who are destructive, and it's generations of destruction. And so they're producing food that is one or 150. Now, you can imagine how empowering it's going to be when you walk into the shop or it's at a farmer's market where you can scan those vegetables okay everybody is going to buy the ones with more nutrients because that's what we need nutrition yeah and i can tell you that the is heart, the, yeah my belief my apologies is my belief that at the heart of our ills as a as a human species is malnutrition we are so malnourished we're incapable of functioning as human beings Mm, I think you're right, Angus. I, I've thought about this a lot. Uh, what has led to um, a lot of illness? I mean, it doesn't make sense, does it, that in the year 2024, where we supposedly have the most advanced medical health care and we have the most advanced everything, that people are seemingly more unhealthy, sicker, mentally more ill than ever before. How is this possible? It's only possible, Jim. It's only possible if the people benefiting from the status quo benefit from a sick population. That's only possible. Mm. 
Okay. And, and this is not some conspiracy story. It's as you're saying, it's a simple fact. If we are that clever yeah. that we can design smartphones and we're that clever that we can operate on a heart of a child in utero, you know, and we can do brain surgeries and all these amazing things, but but we still have a planet that's totally polluted and a species that's going extinct. The fact is, Germ, the human race is going extinct. The only part of the world where there, where there is still growth in the population is sub-Saharan Africa. And that's a matter of time before that tails off. Okay. We are polluted. I think one of the worst is is South is South South Korea. I think they're on z- 0.7, I think. Dude, I don't know which is the worst. South Korea, Italy, they're, they're plummeting, you know, and that's one of the reasons why the powers that be in the EU are so desperate to have migrants coming in because they want cheap labor that they can exploit. It's the same yeah. with America. Biden's, Biden's let in 7.5 million yeah. people. Most of those 7.5 million have become low-class labor. Okay? Yeah. Useless eaters. Well, I didn't realize you quoted Yuval Harari. Man. I mean, it's very Malthusian. How's he? Ju- how's he justifying the, the genocide in Gaza? <laughs> it's very. I, you know what? What? I look. I don't like him. Make no mistake. I don't like him, and I, and I think he's a he's a pretty bad human being all around. But something I've been wondering recently, Angus, is I've never heard him say these are the things I'm hoping for, or something along those lines. He seems to be, in many ways, some sort of futurist as if he's 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 saying things either what he desires to be or what he sees thing do, do you know what i mean in, in other words if so i you, say you to you the first part was he does what he desires to be no desires to yeah be, and the second part yeah so in other words okay so if i if if, if i say to you um the people are going to eat bugs now, am I saying to you that's what I want to see, or am I predicting a trend? It's a great question. Look, listen, I, I I have read I think his book *Sapiens*. I've watched a few of his interviews yeah. online. I do not think like a, a lot of the news channels that I watch. People are, you know, he's the Antichrist. He's the Wef this, Klaus Schwab's this. I think they're taking the guy out of context. He he is very interesting he's interested in a wide range of things some of his views might be wrong but you can't just pick hand pick something that he says and don't understand the context of it and he's quite unemotional about the futuristic yeah. name you know he did an interview with lex friedman talked about his upbringing and how he thinks about things it was very interesting um uh um yeah you're gonna get a lot of hate now for saying <laughs> that you listen to lex friedman <laughs> I, I, didn't listen I to find him, him so time. boring. No, he is unbelievably boring. But the only reason I haven't, I, I have not listened to him for maybe a year and a half, but he interviewed Bill Ackman mm. a few, a week or so ago. And I've been, I've been very interested in, in Ackman, uh, not so much over the Harvard stuff, but uh, actually in, in Ackman's in, no, in Ackman's investing mind, because um, our youngest oh. son turned 18 recently and he wants to get into investing. And so we've started listening to podcasts and Ackman has a very good track record as an investor. Um, so mm. it was interesting to understand his philosophy. He's very much guided by Benjamin Graham, you know, who's Warren Buffett's big guru. 
Having said that, I, I, I don't know when this recording with Ackman was. I think it's about 10 days ago. And, and, and he was defending Google. And I, I, I'm almost sure before, <laughs> no, 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 but it was before, it was before this blow up of, of Google with the AI, you know, the, 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 all these black guys who settled Scotland and, and the founding fathers of America. And, and then, so Google's lost 90 <laughs> and, and South Africa. Yeah, 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 exactly. They've lost $90 billion in market cap. So I'd be interested to know because, because, um, Ackman, does a very good job of explaining his rationale, his mentality for investing in Google. Um, but, you know, whether oh, that's right. changed. Anyway, so, so, so it's a long story. I, I think Friedman's sort of quite insipid in, in, in many ways. I don't really have an interest mm. in, in, in a lot of the people that he interviews, but Ackman, I wanted to hear uh, him talk. So yeah. I, I'm... That Google thing was very funny. I mean, it's unbelievable how the internet caught onto it and ripped into Google, hey? And 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 they don't seem in the slightest uh, um, reflective or apologetic. It's like the Bud Light. Hey, no, <laughs> it it was an algorithm problem. <laughs> Do you remember the Bud Light defending Mulvaney? They lost fifty yes. billion in market cap yeah. or something. Google, Google's exactly the same. I mean, it's extraordinary how out of touch these people are. I think they're aware. I think they are aware. They just don't want to say it. So, Jim, were you in Cape Town last week with a boat? Did you smell the smells? I, d yes, yes and no. What was going on? Well, okay. So, therefore, let me tell those listeners who, 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 who there was a very big uh, heated thing that happened in Cape Town last week. A boat docked over the weekend from Brazil on its way to Iraq with 19,000 cattle on the boat, okay? Standing knee deep in cow dung and stinking, I, I didn't go into Cape Town, I, I farm outside of Cape Town and I didn't have to go in, but friends of mine who, who live there and work there, they, they say they've never ever been assaulted with a smell. In, in, in the way that they did. Okay, so so it's led to <laughs> an enormous outrage. And and in a way, it's a good thing because it's made people realize that a lot of animals are raised in cages, whether they are movable cages then on the ocean or they are landlocked cages, that's what people do. And people are connected to their food in that way. Um anyway, so so it, it's it's it, it's led to a lot of hot air. Uh I, I was actually on the on a local radio uh -huh. show on morning. I ask it, they asked me about this and they had, they had someone from Beauty Without Cruelty on. And, and my position was that it, it's, a, it's a terrible thing that happened, but none of the cage animal agriculture mm. in the world is necessary. We can feed the world regeneratively. In fact, we can, we can yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I know you're allergic to the words net zero, but I, I want to unpack that specific thing with you just now. But my point is that regenerative agriculture not only feeds the world it feeds the world with nutrient-dense foods, not, yes. not uh, 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 foods that are inflammatory. And at the same time, it actually pulls carbon into the soil, which keeps water in the soil, which pulls nutrients in the soil. You know, it's this virtuous cycle. So this was my point to them, was that we didn't have to have a system where we ship cattle across the ocean, stinking out everything, misery for those mm. animals, 
working on that boat, how terrible that must be. Anyway, so this beauty of our cruelty person. Yeah, goes, well, oh, I mean, just on that, on that net zero thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so look, okay, so let's assume this, and it's, there's a similar argument to, to be made um, about nuclear. Let's just pretend, pretend for a moment that you do buy into the CO2 um, narrative, right? You should therefore be supporting nuclear and you should therefore be supporting regenerative agriculture. 100%. But none of those people who supposedly care about CO2 and who supposedly believe that uh, 500 units of CO2 you know, a gas which is 0.4% of the of the Earth's atmosphere um, is going to cause a one and a half degree warming and then the caps are going to mm. melt and all that. I mean, you know all the story that all this fear porn that they throw at yeah. us. Yeah. But that's exactly the point, Jim, is no one is embracing solutions that actually uh, solve this problem that they've sketched. So just on that net zero point, we, we we have been paid over the last 12 years for increasing the carbon in our soils in the form of what they call carbon credits. So the last time we measured our carbon in our soils, if every farm in South Africa pulled the equivalent amount of carbon into its soils that we do, then South Africa, which is the 14th biggest emitter of CO2, if we just allow to use this language for now, because of our coal-fired power, <laughs> South Africa becomes 2.8 times negative net zero. Just, just think about that. So if every farmer in South Africa just mm. put a third of what we put in the soil, South Africa would be net zero. South Africa, which as a polluter, and I'm using the pollution in, in, in brackets, okay, um, as a polluter, South Africa, you would think that people would be supportive and take us up on this narrative and how can more farms do it and, 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 and nothing. Nothing. No Why? one is interested Why? in solutions because the human beings are fundamentally not interested in solutions. That's my belief. And I can tell you who's also not interested in solutions is government. And, and, and I, it's been very interesting. The, the older I've become, the more anti-government I've become. And I don't know whether it's a function Good. of reading more or, or spending more time with you um, or, 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 or whatever it is. But, but I'm starting to I'm starting to think about about the fact that what are the governments actually doing? What the hell? I'm not allowed to swear on this program, but what the mm. is is the tax the tax money going for? Literally, you know, are yeah. kids being educated? Is their healthcare? Are the roads working? You know, all over the world, is humanity happier? You know, possibly, possibly, I've got a friend of mine visiting now, he's, lived, he's a South African guy, but he's lived in Norway for 34 years. We had a long discussion about government. He's like, listen, we pay very high taxes, but we get guaranteed the most amazing life. So there you could maybe make mm -hmm. a case, government. Yeah? But in the rest of the world- You can't really, yeah, it's- it, it, Parasites, man. Let, let's, let's talk about that after the break, Angus. There's, there's a wonderful conversation, I think, to be had there, but- just for now, I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jerm, this is TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Well, the gals of The View were at it again, this time defending the Biden family dog, Commander, after it was revealed that the dog had been viciously attacking Secret Service agents 
for a long time. His name is Commander. The report found that there were at least, this is a lot, this is a lot. 24 <laughs> incidents of him biting folks. <laughs> well, it makes you wonder, what did he see that nobody else saw? Yeah, right? Really, Whoopi? Well, she wasn't finished. And she wasn't the only one on the view panel to make a fool of herself. All you gotta do is look at him. Look, look at, at him. Can you show that picture again? Look at him. He's like, that's right. Yeah. I'm walking. Listen I'm walking here. Like, I'm walking here. Yeah. Woo, woo. Listen to his name, Commander. That's He's right. in charge. He's I'm a, a bite giant. He's a guard dog. That's, right. you know, that's, that's why woo, woo, Brian. I, I think people don't understand. You know, a lot of people just don't understand. Some things when it comes to dogs, it's just innate. It's part of their nature. Leave it to Sonny. Are you kidding us? Are you really kidding us? It's their nature? Whose dog goes around attacking people? Yours? Mine? Unbelievable. And if this had been Donald Trump as president and his family dog attacked Secret Service agents, harming them, hurting them, causing them to get stitches, and you know what? They'd be saying Donald Trump should lose his Secret Service protection. What a joke. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Right. I've got cancer. I've been trying to tell the rest of you, but no one's listening. And I don't just mean you, ears. Eyes. Would you look in the damn toilet for once? Hands. Roll those sleeves and take a sample. And legs. Trot off to the doctor to get me looked at. Because bowel cancer can be successfully treated when detected early. Now look who's finally woken up. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Angus, you were asking a question before the break about uh, the purpose of government. I mean, this is an ongoing talking point. Um, I, I've thought about this for years, actually. Um, and if, you, if you're a libertarian or an anarchist or whatever, you tend to argue that there's no point... I don't entirely agree with that because I think that people, when they come together as a community, they naturally create hierarchies. Uh, it's just easier to function with some sort of order that way. Uh, so I think there, there are some basic functions, but those functions should probably be determined from the bottom up rather than from the top down, which is what we currently have. Oof. So I, 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 as I said to you, this is sort of a new thing to me, this, this idea that what is mm. government actually doing? You know, it's in my interactions with people. Um, four years ago, I sold 85% of my egg company to my staff. So it's a 85% black-owned egg company. We'd assume that in a black-run government, we'd be getting support for our uh, agriculture. We're not. And I keep running into, into these things. I'm sort of very secluded on the farm, but now I kind of start mixing with these officials and 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 I think about all this inefficiency and it's actually baked in. And then years ago, I had the privilege of discovering Michael Hudson. I don't know if you've ever read Michael Hudson's work. Um, so mm -hmm. in my opinion, he's the greatest economist in the world. He's written so many books. One of them is J is for junk economics. And it's an alphabetical book where he will use a commonly used term like GDP, for example, and he'll debunk it. Um, but his central premise is that the finance, insurance, and real estate indus industries are parasitic. And, and as he says, the hallmark of a parasite is that it persuades its host that it's necessary. So 
banks, insurance companies, all these sure. guys have persuaded us that they're necessary. The, 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 the governments have also persuaded us that they're necessary. You know, I am pretty sure that communities could get mm. together and make sure people are safe of their own volition. They don't have to pay these massive amounts of tax into some big pot that disappears and you never know what's come back. You know, and you can, you can, let's say people say, well, where there won't be money to build roads. Well, build, a private company will build a road and they'll put a tax on it and they will make sure that over time they'll get their money back. It doesn't have to be government to, 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 to do that. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. This is just a new thought and, and it maybe is something we shouldn't actually be talking about now because I'm really clearly formulating yeah. my mind. I guess that my, my, my central position at this stage is I'm trying mm -hmm. to understand the problem. I'm not completely clear on what solutions are yet, okay? Um, yeah, uh, right. um, yeah. Education, yeah. For, like education, for example, okay? Um, I, I don't know how when last you spoke to France Cronier, but many, many years ago, France, when he was still at the um, IRR, proposed that we should have a voucher system in this country for education, where parents are given vouchers. So... The, the, it's and the voucher can only be spent at a recognized educational institution. So the parents will then choose what kind of education they want for their children. At the moment they just choose the schools and then they leave it and they spend, you know, in some cases a huge amount of money, some cases less money, and they just trust that mm -hmm. that education is going to be right for their kids. You know, um, uh, um, I mean, I've had three kids, yeah. 20, oldest is 22, 20, and 18. So I've kind of been through this education system. And it, it, maybe at some stage it'd be nice to talk about. To talk about that and what I've learned from that, but mm. the, the, the principle of empowering people to spend vouchers is is a hands off principle, as opposed to governments around the world which want to be hands on. Mm. You know, it's the Chinese model that Justin Trudeau praises. Um, yeah. So I mean, Angus, I I believe exactly what what you're saying. Uh, I'm. I'm all for sort of the privatization of, of everything just about. Um, because at, at its heart, the government doesn't do anything. It's a bunch of politicians in the capital of a country just signing and stamping documents. They don't produce anything. They don't manufacture anything at all. And they find ways to take more money from, from, the, from, from the people. But my point of, of, of what my point of hierarchies is essentially what communities do. So it's what you just said. Communities themselves will, will, will handle potholes and all those sorts of things, which is exactly what happens when you have a failed state. When the government is not able to, to do any of that, it can't even outsource it, the, the local churches and NGOs and, and just whatever groups um, come together and they do these things. And if they don't, then, then it's, their own, it's their own fault. And how do you, I mean, do you think there's anywhere in the world where A, people are conscious enough to manifest a new form of government and B, there's a government are actually going to let them do that? No, no, uh, because uh, governments control the military, they control the police by default. Um, I mean, unless you're Texas. Did you know that Texas has more legal gun owners than the entire U.S. military? <laughs> <It's fascinating. laughs> 
I mean, that's what you need. You need an armed populace. If you've got an armed populace, then the government becomes very, very um, attentive. Mm. That's why the government doesn't listen in Australia. Yes. And many other countries, Canada as well, and, and, uh, and right across Europe. You can't, you can't carry a gun just about in any country, really, in the, in the, in the developed world. I think the U.S. is one of the... It's one of the um, abnormal um, examples. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is this. What, you, what you're essentially wanting is to... So it's decentralization all over again. The key to just about everything is to decentralize. Centralization of banking is a terrible idea. Centralization of agriculture is a terrible idea. Centralization of, of medicine or pharmaceutical or healthcare, terrible idea. Very, very few examples of centralization that you can come up with that are good and in the same way a decentralized country is better you can you can govern two million people with a lot more efficiency than a hundred million people you know yeah uh the reason why you end up with tyrannical governments um is because they need to find ways to clamp down on large numbers of people but i mean it was plato i think and and socrates who argued long ago already that the ideal number for a city state is basically as far as your eye can see you need to have some connection to the people rather than sitting three thousand kilometers away and making decisions about their lives 100 percent. this is this is at the heart of of brexit you know yes that a bureaucrat in brussels is busy telling a farmer in leicestershire what to do and how to do it mm. But I'm so happy that's the farmers who are leading the charge against these people. Did you see? They just—they're not taking literally any SHIT from yeah. anybody. They're actually dumping the SHIT on all these po politicians' heads, and they're breaking through. And 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 it's just absolutely wonderful. But you know, unfortunately, they—they, they, I mean, they're protesting and they're protesting the system, which is great. But their system, as an ecologist. Is a disaster, and they're talking about regenerative agriculture. Those guys mm -hmm. want to wake to agriculture. So, so ecologically, the farmers will just continue to destroy the place. I like how you uh, spell out your swear word when you know that I've got a button that can help you along. Well, <laughs> you can yeah. swear on TNT. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so. So They're not going to get too upset, but I mean, your point is your point's very good. We we we're running out of time, man, and I just want to ask you quickly: what what are the mm. the, the guess at three, maybe even five, sort of major trends that you are watching and 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 are excited about and 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 think are important? I mean, what's what's on Ex the germ radar? Are these good good trends or bad trends? Dude whatever it doesn't matter i'm just asking you what's 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 what are you watching closest on your radar um hmm, that's a good question angus i don't normally get asked questions on my show um i think i think the the trend that is always number one on on my radar and it should be on anybody's radar is what um essentially the the the, the elite, the globalists, the UN are doing with change. This is the big thing. 
there is nothing bigger in the world than sustainable development. That's the, that is the 2030 agenda. It is the new world order. It is, um, it is every one of these technocratic terms that we use. Sustainable development is the ultimate goal. Uh, and it, it's all about <laughs> centralizing uh, just about everything in the world under um, a sort of uni, uni party governance. Uh, and the WHO, as you know, are trying to create uh, the pandemic treaty in which multiple countries just basically give up their sovereignty in terms of medical uh, uh, decision-making. So I think yes. the biggest trend that is that is, <laughs> is <laughs> trending is climate change because that, that is the umbrella under which everything occurs. You'll see now that they're saying that people are, are, are dying suddenly because of climate change. <laughs> Have mm. you seen that? Yeah. Dude, they've been... Yeah. So it's unbelievable. And yet you, you can't... Suddenly of this your and eyes, you can't feel it. And, you, and, you're getting too, and you're getting too excited about a football match. So you might die of a heart attack. You know? I, I just can't believe that people are still believing the COVID narrative. Just, it, it just shocks me. When I flew up to Johannesburg from Cape Town yesterday, um, Angus climbed on the plane and there was a woman wearing a mask. I, I mean, I, I can't quite figure <laughs> out what's going on. Why do, why do people do this? And does she not feel like, like the moron? The entire plane of whatever, 150 people on board, 180, whatever. She's the only one wearing a mask. And she's probably not stupid. She's had her mind captured and lives in fear. Yeah. It, yeah, that's what Matthias Desmet said. It, it's, it's exactly what he said. He said it's free-floating anxiety. Okay, wait, so back to the germ radar. Number one is what the globalists are doing. Uh, any, and and, and mm, anything else? Climate change. Climate change. Um, yeah, I... Say, I've, I've, I think, I think the next climate change is yeah. a little bit. Eh? No, it's uh, it's that's just because uh, you're you're it's the quiet before the storm. <clears throat> Excuse the pun. <laughs> I think the other big one is um, pandemics. This one, uh, this one now, I think is 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 something to keep an eye on. Uh, They've spoken multiple times, the WHO, about disease X and creating vaccines. And don't, don't ever think that the vaccine passport story has died. Mm. Uh, this is certainly going to be making a comeback. Uh, QR codes linked, linked to your, your health status. You see, this is the, the, these two things are what gets people. Change because you can't see it and uh pandemics viral outbreaks because you can't see them so both of them mm -hmm. are invisible so therefore mm -hmm. who do you mm -hmm. trust and so you have to end up trusting the authorities that is a wonderful observation that is an amazing observation hmm. but let me tell you that's the one benefit of living in africa is your average african doesn't give a hit your button deep shit about oh. that narrative <laughs> let's try again let's that, try again that is extremely true African but i've doesn't right. give a shit. come on boo <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we, were, we were out of sync. <laughs> we're completely out of sync, Jim. You should practice but, the I mean, show, I man. But, but, but the, the, what, what, 5% <laughs> of Africa took the jab? That's a wonderful thing. The Africans no, less, trust the narrative. Less. They the narrative. Okay? The only morons mm. who got jabbed are those who, who, who um, believe mainstream media and who live in the upper classes and who panic. Okay? Yeah, those only took it. The average African knows. The average African knows that the powers that be are against him, and will not engage on on, on that stuff. They know they've been medically abused for a long time. You know what the best part is about you uh, trying to swear there? If you swore in Zulu, you could probably just get away with it with the greatest of ease. Nobody would ever know. <laughs> 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 I don't think we have got that many Zulu listeners. All right, Angus, as we come in for a landing, um, if I wanted to follow you on some form of social media or website or web presence, I don't know. Do you have any kind of best, online the presence? Best way, the best way is to come visit me on the farm, okay, which is the Spear One. Yes, I will. Stella. Second to that, uh, for my sins, I am on Instagram, Farmer Angus Speer, S-P-I-E-R. And I, I'm, I'm, I have to admit this, but it has an automatic push through to Facebook, but I've never been onto my Facebook page. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I have a website, farmerangus.co.za. Do uh, any of your Instagram photos have um, uh, peppercorn burgers? No, I've told you. I'll do those only for you. You just tell me when, bud. <laughs> Peppercorn burgers rock. They are fantastic. And by the way, those last ones you made were great. <laughs> They're the best I've had. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and your that that uh, that salami thing, what do you call that? A chorizo or whatever. That was very nice too. Yeah, so so one of our things is that we're the only guys. Is that what it's called? Pigs outdoors, and then in, in addition to we being the only guys raising our pigs outdoors, we we the only guys curing without adding nitrites, nitrates, and phosphates, which are chemicals that they add in in the curing of meat processes, charcuterie. So the the product I think that you're referring to is called chorizo. It's a it's a, a Spanish style, yes, um, spicy sausage, and. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, the curing of the meat it is, very is delicious. The, the 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 interesting thing about cured meat or charcuterie, as people some people call it, is that it's been pre-digested because it's goes basically mm. goes through a fermentation process, and so that's why it's so much easier for you to consume. Right, Angus. The music's playing. I got to go, man. Thank you for joining me in the trenches, Farm Angus. And uh, thank you uh, to uh, Anoop and Joel in the studio. Send me an email, germwarfare at tntradio.live. On behalf of all of us, my name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Mm -hmm.